Do you want me to say that again? Yeah, please, please <laughs> recap for me. So we're going to talk about mascots this episode. And a few weeks ago, I was at Fuzzy's, the great Mexican restaurant uh, that is in Arvada. And there was a furry convention going on, a monthly meeting, uh, a lot of people with mascot heads and then regular bodies, and then some people that just had some tails and some other things. <laughs> okay, wait. Um, how many people were there here? Probably 200. And this is a monthly meeting? Yes, every Sunday, apparently, this happens. At the taco shop in Arvada? Yes. I think that they must regret naming their restaurant Fuzzies after uh, this happens. <laughs> um, that's interesting, though, because at <laughs> some point, I feel like some young kid was like, oh, my God, I love that team's mascot. I want this to be my life and kind of my kink. And then at least 200 people every month to a, every week. It's like churches can't even get 200 people to come in, but this taco shop. Wow. Derek, I'm almost upset because I've seen you since then, and you've not brought it up until right now. Mascot heads didn't come up until right uh, this minute. I know we have to figure out what content we want to post on the Denverse, but... <laughs> Mascot heads. Well, welcome to the Denverse. I'm Derek. I'm Quinn. And it has been another wild week in the Denver sports scene. Nuggets finally came off the All-Star break. Avs had a California trip and spring training games officially underway. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to talk about all of that today. I just wanted to address a segment change for you seven listeners out there because a couple people have asked me about this. We have officially killed the seven-minute recap because we were so bad at it that it ended up being the whole episode. Yeah. I mean, it was a good shtick, but then if the shtick becomes more than the content, then th- you have to... Our 30-minute recap was too much. <laughs> and so now what we're trying to do, and obviously we'll probably change formats again because we've changed formats like seven times, is really tell more stories, so have more cohesive segments, um, and you'll see that a little bit today. And then I also think we're trying to document like the moments that we're going to want to remember down the road and sort of the things on our mind that cause a lot of emotions. And I think that this this first segment has a lot of those emotions. Mm-hmm. So we'll start off with uh, CU Football finally hired their head coach, Carl Durrell. Uh, he had been an assistant for CU during the McCartney and New Heisel years, uh, both of them, and then went with New Heisel to UCLA, was the UCLA head coach for five years, also was the receivers coach for Mike Shanahan. Um, I heard that Ed McCaffrey wished him well. McCaffrey was a receiver under him, and they will play against each other as long as McCaffrey is still the coach at UNC. Next year, 2021, UNC versus CU. Uh, did you have any reaction to Carl Durrell being the new head coach of the Buffaloes? I mean, it was... I have visited Mel Tucker's Twitter page a couple times every week since he left. Just to, you know, like, just a jerk. I hate him so much. It's so stupid. I hope Michigan State never wins anything. Um... So removing myself from the salt of that, then hearing all the different rumblings about who might be the head coaches, the head coach, and all the names are like, what, really? Okay, that's weird. Um, I think for a program that's only had one winning season in 14 years, a guy nobody expected or had any like hopes about is what you should expect. Um, I thought it was an interesting. So he has a house here. So Rick George just like went over to his house because he was back home from he's he was the uh, assistant with the Miami Dolphins. So he decided they wanted to retire here. They have a house in I think Lafayette or Longmont, one of the L's over there in the north suburbs. Um, and 
so Rick George just like went over there and it does seem like this is his dream job, which was the criteria that I had was they needed someone who wanted to be a buff. Mm. So now he just can't go the John Embry way of what it means to want to be a buff and then be fired in two years. Yeah, that's it's interesting. (laughs) Cynical on my part, like absolutely want someone who wants to be a buff. But then I'm like, well, that kind of sounds like you're setting your sights too low. And then, therefore, it's like, what kind of winning spirit do you have if your dream job is a lower middle-of-the-road team in the worst Power 5 conference? Um, And it's just, we're really having to stretch to think of the Buffs ever having glory days at this point. mm -hmm. Like, it sort of feels like people who talk about the Dallas Cowboys glory days it's like it's been just as long as since CU had glory days as the Dallas Cowboys like it's just like CU's trying to hold on to that because it's all the program has at this point and Carl Durrell yeah under McCartney I mean like absolutely good luck wishes to him and certainly um I want to be able to credit Mel Tucker's BS about integrity and shoulder to shoulder still being felt in the locker room and that Carl Durrell is able to like take harness that and move forward. I think I hope uh Coach Cheverini stays with the team. He said Durrell has some good uh California recruiting s- pockets. So yeah, cool. And now this opens it up for me to lean into my UNC Bear roots. And I'm definitely going to be rooting for the Bears uh, that game. Just because that would be fun to see just the Colorado teams all play on the same level. But we'll see. It's The Pac-12 is almost wide open at this point. So that's at least nice. Well, and somewhere down the road, let's say that not that you want Mel Tucker to have a ton of set, success at Michigan State. But there is a scenario where in five years, CU and Michigan State could be the Rose Bowl matchup in a year where neither of them are really competing for a college football playoff. To me, that's that's sort of the dream scenario if CU could win that game. But we know that CU wouldn't win that game if they could even get to the Rose Bowl, which seems unlikely. Yeah. No, it's a, it's a really good dream, Derek, and we'll hold on to that. That gives me at least five years of something to look forward to. Uh, also, I just wanted to mention uh, the CU basketball team was briefly in first place after beating USC and then lost to UCLA, and they've fallen to like fourth or fifth place in the Pac-12, depending on tiebreakers. Three road games left. They have Stanford and Cal. Cal will actually be uh, tomorrow night, and then Stanford, and then they go to Utah next week. So they still have a shot at num- at the number one seed. They need to get one of those buys for the Pac-12 tournament, top four seed. Very disappointing loss. They didn't score a field goal for ten minutes in that game, and that was their undoing. Damn, they they do that. They've done that pretty often throughout the season. Like yeah, win a big game, especially yeah, win a big game and then drop a far easier game like right after. It's amazing they've had three home losses this year. Northern Iowa, well, where they were ahead, ahead until the last minute. Oregon State, who they never should have lost to, and now this game against UCLA, where they were ten point favorites. I don't know. Did you watch much of the Kobe Bryant uh, memorial on Monday? Uh, no, I didn't get to, but I um, heard a lot uh, through new different channels. Uh, so if you haven't listened to it, we did do an episode on just what Kobe Bryant means. It's a Denver's episode. It's about three episodes ago, I think. But one speech that really 
surprised me was Michael Jordan's speech. Um, mm-hmm. And it was more because of the last speech that I saw Michael Jordan give, which was his Hall of Fame speech, which he did cry during. <laughs> it was how the crying Jordan meme started, but he was crying about himself. He was crying more for Kobe than he was for himself in a speech where he mainly just talked about all of the people he'd proven wrong. And now this speech, it was really humbling and affecting to see Jordan like that, given everything we've known about him growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, that was at least my initial reaction. I wasn't sure what your thoughts were. Well, I mean, absolutely. I, one, like Michael Jordan is interesting because now in his later years, especially being the what, GM of the Hornets, a perennially terrible team, that some of his luster has faded away. Like, his shoes are more popular than he is at this point. Um Besides the court crying Jordan meme, that, it was funny that he made a joke about it there. It just like shows that, oh yeah, at one point he's one of the most famous people on earth. He still has that candor and ability to uh, be charismatic. But it was just truly from the heart, and I think moving from the lens that he was a hundred and fifty percent competitor always, but to know that he was able to like forge these strong relationships with people, especially like a young dude who was coming for his title um as the greatest ever that it really i think all of the kobe bryant memorials and talking about him shows like kind of what family the nba is and uh with everything being so kind of sterile because of corporate blah 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 seeing the genuineness of the nba family in that time has been kind of solidified why i'm such a fan I also think that the meme has to be retired. I don't know how you go from that to continuing to use that meme. True. It's going to be used in poor taste going forward. That's actually amazing. Michael Jordan may have actually beat a meme, which I don't think anyone else in the history... <laughs> Memes were undefeated. If anyone was going to beat a meme, it was Michael. Damn straight, dude. I love it. Uh, on Saturday, the Timberwolves came back to town carrying three Nugget, former Nuggets players, uh, Malik Beasley, uh, Wancho Herman, Hernan Gomez and uh, Jared Vanderbilt. Uh, they did a nice tribute where they tried to make it look like Vanderbilt was just as big a part of the Nuggets <laughs> as the other two were, which I thought was interesting. Uh, I don't know if you saw this after the game, but w- a viral moment was Wancho Hernan Gomez giving his jersey to teenage girl uh, who already had his Spain jersey and her just crying. Uh. And I thought th- really the theme of the weekend was how much everyone loved Wancho as just this sort of like the mascot in a real real life scenario but just like he was a good guy and it is hard when you make that connection especially in the NBA where the Nuggets don't have a lot of those connections mm-hmm. it was really it was really nice to see him back and see how much he was appreciated yeah i just found it peculiar life moves at you fast that's the thing i've learned now in my 28 years of life um but like a month and a half ago there was nothing to be said about Wancho besides wouldn't it be cool if he hit a shot every once in a while to then now him being like this defining character in the story of the Nuggets like they talk about Hall of Fame means being inducted into any sports Hall of Fame means that you couldn't tell the story of the league without that player Wancho feels like you could not tell the story of the last five years of the Nuggets without Wancho. You most certainly could. There's nothing that he's done to really... Um, there was that one Golden State game. The one Golden State game, and he had a block against Golden State, I think, like a year later. 
Um, but nonetheless, like he became he's he's was such a good dude and enjoyable and so, so um, humble and appreciative of the team that uh, we almost forgot that Malik Beasley definitely was a far bigger piece on the basketball front. But um, and we're gonna be living with. They should have kept Beasley and gotten rid of Harris until Harris turns back into the player that he used to be, if that ever happens. Yeah, and there's no one to say that for Wancho. But nonetheless, uh, having both of them show up so soon after the trade was kind of humbling. And just to realize, like, wow, we've put in a lot of time as fans for these, this whole team but these two guys. Speaking of someone from our history that has come back into our lives, uh, Yobaldo Jimenez, as we're recording this, is actually pitching for the Rockies right now, uh, which is just a crazy turnaround from over a decade ago when he had his no-hitter stellar season, and then I guess that was a decade ago, and then in 2011 got traded uh, mid-game, which is the worst. What I think is the worst moment in Rockies history was when they sent him out to pitch that game given that he was, at the time, the greatest pitcher and probably still in Rockies history. How dare you forget Jeff Francis and Mike Hampton? <laughs> the greatest pitcher in Rockies history. <laughs> <laughs> um, to have him back, I mean, who knows if he can make the team, but it's been nice to bring that full circle in mm. a time when I don't want to say anything nice about the Rockies, but it'd be great if he could make the team as a bullpen guy if he can still pitch, but not for sentimental reasons. Yeah, of course. I mean, it's like Holiday coming back a few years ago. Uh, it wasn't quite sentimental. It was more as like the Rockies management is just pretty terrible at um, signing players. But if it just felt good to kind of like, especially when the Rockies are on a playoff run, Matt Holiday felt like unfinished business. If the Rockies could become that 94-win team with Ubaldo Jimenez throwing out um, some solid games in relief, that would be really rad. That would that would give us material for those dog days of summer. So the trade deadline was this week. The biggest move that Joe Sacking made was signing Pablo Francois to two more years after this year in goaltending as he is in relief for the injured group hour. So he signed that contract, and then he dominated the Kings and Ducks, including his first career shutout. Uh, just great to see him bounce back. It was probably a steal now, because if Saki could try to do this after the weekend, Francois might have been like, we'll see what happens. Mm. So good signing again by Saki. And then I saw this last night. I don't know if you were watching the broadcast when Katie brought this up, but she used the word munder. Yes, yes. So could you please explain what munder is? Okay. Um, I mean, this is... We we went crazy in the, the Reddit post game thread because of this, um, and just to say, Katie Wingy, sideline reporter for the Nuggets on Altitude, which most of us don't get and have to stream, <laughs> had a really hard time streaming last night. But I kept he kept cutting back between Pistons and Nuggets um, commentary. So I think the NBA was out in force last night. I think they were shutting streams down. Yeah. Or <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyways, um. <laughs> Katie. Katie. Uh. Yeah, so the Nuggets uh, won, what, 115 to 98 against the Pistons. And in Nuggets Reddit world, that is a munder. And munder is simply short, short for hold them under. So you hold the munder. And we achieved a munder, which... Um, what did they hold them under? Oh, sorry, yeah, the most important, 100 points. Okay. Um, 
So it was a magical moment, dude. The they had won a convincing win against a team that this season they would normally lose to. And Katie said, I'ma pull a Reddit real quick and shout out the Munder. And oh, oh, we stand queen. It went it was so fun. Um yeah, that's a actually shout out to Nuggets Reddit. The mods are awesome. We've got some pretty good memes, like some great Photoshoppers there. But Munder has become a rallying cry for the team, especially earlier in the season when they were playing really good defense. We were we were just drunk off the Munder, and then it disappeared for a while. But last night we got it back. Thank you for putting that up there, Derek. <laughs> um, yeah, you didn't see that until I. No, it's. It, it, <laughs> Yesterday, The Athletic put out a piece about Rocky, super mascot for the Denver Nuggets, and his son, who is the Pistons mascot, Hooper. Now, the lead was buried in this, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about it, how it, how it unfolded. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the article was by James L. Edwards III, who is the Pistons beat writer for The Athletic, and Nick Cosmiter, the great Nuggets beat writer. Uh, so it's been a, a few years that Rocky and his son, because they did not mention their names. They came up with fake names for them for the story. So we're just going to refer to them as basically Rocky and his son. I've been in the league together. Rocky's son was the Pist- or was the Cleveland Cavaliers mascot for a couple of years, and then he became the Pistons mascot. So he's jumped from a lesser mascot position in Cleveland to the Detroit mascot position. I didn't even know the Cavaliers had a mascot. It's like a dude, isn't it? It's a dude with a funny hat. No, it's still... I think it's a mountain lion, maybe. Hold on. Let's pull it up. Yeah, I guess they've switched it. So it was... I think he was Moondog. <laughs> <laughs> they've had a lot. They have Sir Cece, who is the guy you're thinking about, Moondog and Whammer. And I can't remember if he was Moondog or Whammer. Yeah. That's more journalism done on the Cleveland, mas- <laughs> Cleveland Cavaliers mascot than ever. So um, that's a really cool fact. Yeah, and so they think they're the first and only father-son duel, duo in the NBA. It can't um, be confirmed because of the secrecy of the yes. team we, mascot we don't know. World. Apparently, all mascots know each other, but we don't know the mascots was basically oh, what this... Those are probably some cool parties. Yeah. So, basically, Rocky's son grew up in the Nuggets organization. Rocky was a mascot in college, really loved being a mascot, and in high school, and he got an internship at the Denver Post here in the late 80s, and went to the Nuggets and was like, I want to be the mascot. And so he auditioned for them, and they're like, okay. He became the first mascot for the Denver Nuggets, finished up his college, and then in December of that year, debuted as Super Mascot Rocky, and has been the mascot for the last 30 years. That's also a trip to me. I, I found this out a little while ago, but it's been the same dude. It has. I always thought that you'd have to have a couple people coming through, that you may have different Rockies at different well, and Rocky at one point broke his back by doing one of his flip moves, mm-hmm. and he just was gone for a while while he recovered from that. He had the moment where he passed out. Uh, I don't know what that's called. Repelling. That's what oh, that's repelling that's down from the. Turn that into an yeah. event itself. No, yeah, repelling down from the rafters of Pepsi Center. I mean, Rocky has meant so much, and at the end of the article, they said that Rocky is retiring at the end of the season. He is going to be replaced by another son. And so they will be the first brother duo that we know of in the NBA. Wow. But really, really shocked. 
I've we've actually talked about this before. To me, the Nuggets had to retire Rocky as a mascot unless his son could replace him. But a different son is now replacing him. That's what are what's the different son's credentials? We don't know because he's a secret. He was not mentioned in the article other than this uh, guy had three sons and the sons basically treated the Pepsi Center like their own playground. I hope that their identities are like they are a like an ageless Romanian traveling circus and that this is just one chapter in like the thousand year history of this family's acrobatic magical um yeah, there's a whole movie somewhere in there. Um that somehow supports Republican uh conventions. Dude, I found it a long time ago. There is a video existing in the world of Super Mascot Rocky at a f- gun range just firing a giant gun. And I was it was amazing. It was most the coolest thing I'd ever seen. And then I posted on Nuggets Reddit and they're like, This isn't cool. We don't want kids playing with guns. I was like, but <laughs> It's two cool things merged into one. My favorite personal mascot Rocky memory was one year they had a scavenger hunt around downtown to get season tickets, Mm, and I entered. I made the top 25. And Rocky decided that he wanted to do an in-the-air hip bump with me. So he, like, set me up and, like, showed me what to do all miming so we could do a hip bump in midair. So that was my favorite Rocky moment. That's really cool. I got to see, I've seen Rocky a handful of times. One in the locker room when I had a season tickets, and that was super cool. But every time I'm like, Rocky! Then he just looks at me weird, and it's weird because his face doesn't move, but you can tell when you're being judged regardless. And then he just does the, like, he points at other people, he's like, this guy's drunk. I'm like, I'm not drunk, I'm just excited to see you. Um, I, It is weird thinking that with his retirement that it's kind of the end of an era, but the fact that you don't know the – there's going to be so many fans who have no idea. No, they're going to think it's the same guy. Yeah. So he, does he get a send-off? I don't know. I guess we'll we'll see. Maybe they'll do like a – he comes and then his son comes in Rocky and they like switch places. Two Rockies? Yeah, okay. two Rockies at the same time. I hope um, they make it like very dramatic theater. Like <laughs> he gets killed off. I kind of want to go to the last game now, which I didn't think I'd want to go to because of playoffs. Yeah. But – I guess he'll still be in the playoffs. True, true. If they have a send-off for Rocky, he deserves it. He was the only reason to go for years. Mm. He's far and away the best mascot I've ever seen. Like, you can talk about other people, but the things that he does, he was a he trained as a mime in high school, learned from this article, and that's why he's so good at the physical comedy. Oh. Um, also, the backwards half-court shot was something he developed Someone on the Nuggets was like, you can make it going forwards. Why don't you make it backwards? And so they like made a wager. And his son also does the backwards half-court shot. And at one point, they were doing the backwards half-court shot, him in Denver, his son in Mexico City for the Mexico City game at the same time, which is pretty cool. That, that's magical. So really great article. Good job to Cosmider and Edwards. Uh, you wanted to talk about some of your other favorite mascots around town, really make this a full mask segment. <laughs> well, I... Well, last thing, I just hope that his son is like 6'5", so then Rocky just shows up next year like, there's something different, but I'm not sure what. Um, yeah, I th- Rocky, Super Mascot Rocky is far and away the best mascot, almost in all of sports, but definitely in the Denver's. But I think it's important to give a shout-out to all of the mascots who do such hard, thankless work 
Um, starting with, I think, Dinger, which is the most interesting mascot to pair with a team. Dinger, the purple triceratops of the Colorado Rockies, which you get. All right, our, the team's nickname is the Rockies. Like, not super creative, but we'll take it. Derek, how the hell did we get a Triceratops to represent the team? So, when they were excavating Coors Field, uh, the ground there, they found Triceratops bones at the site of Coors Field. And so they decided that was the moment they were going to create a dinosaur mascot who then was birthed out of an egg live on the field for everyone to see. For some reason, no one thought through this whole thing, and they were like, "We our colors are going to be purple, and we're going to have a purple dinosaur as a mascot. And somehow that's going to make everyone think that Barney is the mascot of the Rockies. Oh, right. Because Barney had two Triceratops friends. Yeah. Whoa. I think a sister, maybe. Yeah. That's okay. So that bad comparison from the start. <laughs> uh Someone actually said the Philly Fanatic got an upgrade. He's a little fuzzier, I think a little darker. It looks basically the same to me. But someone was like, how would you upgrade Dinger 2.0? And I was like, this is the upgraded Dinger. His like rainbow sprinkles used to be crazier. Mm-hmm. And he used to be a lighter shade of purple, which was worse. Like It used to be worse than it is now. What, did he look like like a bootleg Chuck E. Cheese? Like, we're going to Dinger's Pizza Place. So or- Yeah, if you ever are on... I've seen two dingers, and I don't know which one is the original dinger. There is a stuffed dinger. If you're on the side of, if you're at the main part of Coors Field and you look up at the offices, there's a dinger up there, and there's also a dinger on club level. I don't do not know which stuffed dinger is the original, <laughs> but I do think the original dinger still exists as a as a prop in huh. Coors Field. That's kind of creepy. Well, going back to our earlier furry conversation, it just feels weird that they would keep the original what shell of Dinger in the same area. I wonder if they have a mascot taxidermist who's like, okay, we need to stop this. Yeah, right. I mean, I'm sure it's not super stiff without the person inside of it. But I, me personally, I would rank Dinger second to Rocky because like a lot of baseball mascots, they'll go out there, they'll dance on top of the dugout. Um, But just for the lore of Dinger, I think that is what hedges it out over anyone else. What was the, stor- your next? the story of Dinger is far more impressive than seeing Dinger in person. <laughs> I did. I I grew up loving dinosaurs. I wanted to be a paleontologist. I get psyched every time I see Dinger walking around. Um, Chip, the CU stuffed mascot, is my second favorite. Mm. They usually have six to seven guys a year who are Chip. He's fun, energetic. He just won mascot of the year for the third time this year. Really? National mascot of the year. At, uh, they have national mascot competitions. Um, I love, I love Chip. Uh, I, I mean, Ralphie is. If you're just gonna say all mascots, Ralphie is up there with Rocky. Is just like iconic. Mm-hmm. They're still searching for a new Ralphie. We don't know if there's gonna be a new Ralphie by the spring game. They're running out of time. They've got like a month and a half left. From what I've heard, it's been really hard to get a new Ralphie. One of them hates crowds, and one of them loves crowds too much. Of the buffaloes in consideration, <laughs> so we don't know how this is gonna play out. What is? How does one know that a buffalo likes crowds? What? Is, I guess they just like brought some people. They're like, okay, we're gonna try this. Twenty people. What's gonna happen? And they're just like went on loving on them, and yeah, huh? So, so yeah, Chip is 
Chip is my second if you can bring in the college people. Yeah, sure, of course. Um, but I think oh, this is such a hard. I don't like any of the other like of the of the main four. I Miles is not really even a mascot. The Broncos horse, like it's just like a personification of the real horse. Uh, Miles does things, doesn't he? Like during the game? No, he doesn't. He shoots T-shirts, I think, and he does come because. My friend got to have a party with the Broncos for a, an away game. Miles did show up, I believe, to the party. To the party. With some cheerleaders. Hey, so he's cool. mainly just like, I think, the cheerleaders handler. Well, <laughs> that's, I'm sure that's not necessarily in the contract, but the ultimate functions of his job, <laughs> sure. Uh, but he's like the more badass. He well, looks he's, cool. He's like, got just got lines, and I think he's got the muscles. Yeah. Um. But yeah, he doesn't do much. No. He doesn't wow the people the same way that Chip and Rocky do. So Bernie, the Avs mascot, he has he's a St. Bernard because St. Bernard saved people from avalanches. Mm-hmm. So he's saving people from the avalanche. Weird weird concept if you think about it. Too yeah, much. that's um, <laughs> yeah, you forced me to think about it more than I wanted to. He has the thing on is the front that's like a barrel. Uh-huh. It has something to do with avalanches, and if I'd cared, I would have looked up. Oh, uh, there's whiskey in there. Um, because, like, if you're buried in an avalanche, get a little bit of whiskey to warm you up. Okay. Yeah. That, there you go. So he's got the whiskey barrel. His really only function is meet the kids, and he does actually make pretty funny videos. Have you seen the Avs video where he is, where they call dog walkers to come and walk Bernie? Oh, that's good. Yeah, it's a good one. It's that's it's one of the better. The Avs actually have pretty good in-game entertainment as far as like bringing in people like Bernie. Mm. Uh, so I guess for me, he's second out of four. If you're not going to bring in everybody else, okay. Well, I mean, I think he get, has to get points because he's on skates a lot of the yeah, time. Yeah, he does skate. Um, he does his his slide into the off the ice at the end of the three stars. Mm. So, yeah, Bernie, I guess, is growing on me. I loved Howler, the really mean mascot the Avs had at the late 2000s who actually got into a altercation with a fan and then was fired, <laughs> or they just fired the whole mascot. Uh, it fit with the Avs foot logo that they have replaced now with the Colorado Sea. Mm-hmm. I actually was a mascot for a day one time when I was the Cutthroats announcer. I got to be Gil, the scary Gil. Gila monster fish for the <laughs> Denver Cutthroats up in Vale. It was negative 12 degrees, and I was hot. And I could not <laughs> imagine how bad it was for the person that had to do it full time. So mascot heads have a fan inside of them. Really? And, but the fan was broken. So it did not work for Gil. It was like everything else with minor league hockey. So that's a mascot I missed. We Wait, talked about – sorry, go ahead. Sorry, what were you doing as Gil? I was about the same build as Gil at the time. Sure. They just needed a, they needed anybody and they're like, "Well, Derek doesn't have anything to do until game time. Let's just put him out there for a while." Oh, but you were were you skating? No, I was walking around Vale. I actually enjoyed scaring people a lot. <laughs> people do not like when mascots come up behind them. No, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> uh, just take a quick look at how are the avalanche mascot. Yeah, he definitely would whoop someone's butt. That is He was scary and he was mean. I remember one time he sat on my brother. <laughs> Who was like eight. Dude, no mascots talk, right? No, I don't think so. <laughs> wow, that might be the most like 
strongest integrity or principle in sports. Like mascots don't talk. Yeah. That is um Well, so you got so we have Rocky is the runaway number one. Then two is Dinger for me. Two is Bernie. Bernie. If we're not going to bring Chip in. If we're not bringing yeah. Chip. Well, we'll give you Chip. So yeah. you got three: um, Rocky, Chip, Bernie. Um, then I'm going to shout out Wooly, the Colorado Mammoths lacrosse team. Their uh, mascot. I have talked to Wooly before. One time I was in the press elevator, and Wooly walked in, and he had his hands full. He was trying to get everything. <laughs> and he was like, oh, this is going so badly. Like, I think he felt like he was in the press elevator, and he dropped it all when we got out the elevator. It was like, just like, oh, no. Was that a bit? On, <laughs> no, <laughs> he was really having a bad day. Wait. So sometimes as a mascot, you have to have more responsibility than just being the mascot? I he think especially for the mammoth. And from what I've heard, and I don't know if this was true at the time, Wooly and Bernie are the same person. Wow. So well, that's a decent I felt check. bad for him. It was between games, so it was fine that he was talking. <laughs> like, everyone around there was just in the press, but it was it was pretty nuts. Oh, what, oh man, I'm so sad. Um, well, I don't know if that makes me like him less. Like, I have to rank him lower because he can't handle the demands of the job. But also, you shouldn't make the mascot have to carry things. I know. That seems cruel. But I just really, f we were doing a, like, 12-year-olds battling out their favorite superheroes. Wooly would wreck any of the other mascots. Um, he has a lot of a weight. In a 1v1, yeah. And before Chip was who he was today, uh, Ralphie, they had, I don't know if they called it Chip or Ralphie, they had a much bigger stuffed mascot, and it was not good. <laughs> and I've always thought that the Dinger has lost some weight over the years. I can't confirm it. He but. he was a paunchy fella for a yeah. while, for sure. Well, that's my top three. Um, but do you want to talk about? You said Rapid Man, as a uh, as a favorite. Mascot. Well, okay, yeah. So the Colorado Rapids from '96 to 2007, so a solid decade of just joy and wonderment. Their mascot was aptly named Rapid Man, which was an anthropomorphic wave. Um, he looked like Captain Planet with just like white frosted tips, which is the rapid, and cool guy 90 sunglasses. And I remember going to a game a long time ago, I think, at the football stadium, and Rapid Man was doing the absolute best white dad hip-hop dancing that I've ever seen. And I, it was a moment where it was like, I was still young enough to like not be sure if mascots were actually just regular people inside or if there's like some elite group of humans who just take on this profession. Um, but the guy was working. He, I think he knew, especially for the like 2003 audience who was watching the game, that no one really cared about soccer and didn't find soccer that interesting. Was it a fireworks game? Yeah, it was definitely yeah. fireworks. <laughs> it was, uh, you think that was we, the only time I went either. You think my mom paid for these tickets? No, I think we won it at my summer camp. Um but the dude was working. He was putting on a show. And so I only hope they retired Rapid Man that whoever was inside that very odd human-esque costume, that he went on to do great things because dude could have had his own show. No one cared about the Rapids. I couldn't tell you a single player on the team. I couldn't tell you the score. Whoop-de-whoop. Rapid Man, thank you for your service. Do you think that 
sort of like when cops get put on traffic duty, if you get put on Chick-fil-A cow, that's when your career is really bottomed <laughs> out as a mascot. Definitely. Chick-fil-A cow d- doesn't get any of the same respect <laughs> that the upper echelon guys do. Chick-fil-A cow looks down on the um, Liberty Tax Solutions sign Liberty. Waiver. Yeah, <laughs> that person, but they get no clout in the game, that's for sure. Well, thanks for everything, Rocky. We hope you get a send-off. Yes, sir. Yeah, thank you for 20-some-odd years of doing this. Well, that will do it for this week on the Denverse. I'm Derek. And I'm Quinn. See you soon. Peace.